Talkback Matters from the Salvos. Frank is an elderly citizen and he recalls life with his dad between World War I and II when he was around 13 years of age, which was a bit of a war in itself. Did you go? Did you serve? Quickly, I'll say this, and you'll find this hard to believe, but uh, my father was in the First World War and he used to talk about the... Oh, the evils of war and all that type of thing. And, uh, and he, he used to, from my very earliest memories, I could hear him saying to mum across the table, mealtimes particularly, uh, no son of mine will ever go to another war if there's one. I'll sh- shoot him on the spot rather than have him go and come back maimed. Oh. And our dad's words were never really spoken in jest. Uh, and that was a little bit of a fear that hung over him on because uh, the late 30s, we got whispers of war. In 1939, I think the World War's, Second World War started. And um, um, Dad re-emphasised that. Dad was a non-believer and uh, he was very unhappy about Mum and I becoming involved with the Salvation Army, which was uh, another... Incredible story, but I won't touch on that now. And then um, he said, you won't be going to the war, son. Just get that into your head. But the farm wasn't big enough to give me a primary production exemption. And um, so there was a little bit of a hurdle there, and Dad said, you're not going into this religious work. Oh, no, no son of mine will be a religious maniac, and he has to talk like this all the time. In January 1942, uh, I was to, I would have turned 18 that year, mid-year. And um, Dad had been in town all day doing some business, and I had got the cows in the afternoon, and I'd started the milking, and I saw him come home in the old Chev truck and drive up to the house and then come across to the bail. And I always knew by the way Dad walked that he was not happy. And he stood at the bail's gate in silence for a moment and I thought hello something's wrong and then he said have you still got this fool idea in your head of going into the Salvation Army Uh, I I went numb for a moment because I thought what's behind this you know and um, I drew a deep breath and said a quick prayer Lord what do I say and the Lord just said tell him the truth so I just said well dad as I've said before, when I come back, I'll get called up for this year for the war service, and when I come back from that, I'd like to go into the Salvation Army. And he said, you won't be going to any war, my son. Make that clear. And if you want to go into this religious thing, you better get there quick or else. He turned on his heel and walked away. Gee. Uh, that was in the January of 1942. The officer had just changed hands and I hadn't even met her. And I went in that night on my... I had a little old motorbike then and I rode into three miles into the town and made my acquaintance with her. And she said, oh, it usually takes a year to prepare to go to college. But she said, I'll send a telegram to the DC. And when I went in on the Sunday to the meeting... She uh, said, I've got a reply from the DC saying he's sending the application form by post 
it's in the mail now. So, um, so the application form came back. Now I had um, a disadvantage because Dad thought more of work on the farm than he did of school. I didn't start school till I was eight years of age. I left before I was twelve, and um, I'd be lucky to get two full days a week in at school. Really. And uh, so my education was pretty minimal. And um, this was a great disadvantage. I filled in all the application forms for the college and um, I was on the train on the 8th of March heading for Petersham Training College. And that was about six weeks away. It was unheard of that an application (laughs) ever got through so quickly. You didn't get uh, called up? Uh, No. Well, of course, going into college... Uh, gave me, um, I forget what the word was now, but um, I had, I was exempt. Hence, your father didn't have to use his gun. No. <laughs> and strangely enough, he never mentioned a word. We never talked about it, and he never mentioned a word about it in that six weeks that I was preparing to go. And uh, we did, uh, I think that might have been the best time I ever worked with him because I did a lot of work with him and helping him. And uh, very little criticism, <laughs> which was quite exceptional. Did he ever change his attitude? Uh, in um, He died at 88 years of age, and in his early 80s, um, I think through my mum's prayers and probably uh, quite a few others, and uh, I have one younger brother, and he joined the ch- a church, and uh, he worked on Dad pretty hard, and Dad became a believer in his 80s, and um, he was buried by the church that uh, my brother attended, which was uh, Seventh-day Adventist. Did he ever apologise to you? Um, no, not really. Right. Um, the only time I remember, um, no, it wasn't an apology, really, because... Uh, it was in the mid-40s, 1940s, and I was home on furlough. And um, we took, we had a picnic day down at the beach. And I had a, a big scar on my left leg above the knee. Uh, it wasn't a scar, really. It was like a, a bruise of ra- raised blood vessels and uh, a dark color. And um, I had my swimmers on. And Dad said, what's that on your leg? And I said, you ought to know you put it there with a broom handle. Uh. And he said, I would never have done anything like that to my son. (laughs) And I think that was the only time he ever, um, it certainly wasn't an apology, but uh, (laughs) either his memory was bad or he just didn't want to admit it. (laughs) Or he didn't realise what his outburst was. Probably, that was true too, yes. Yeah. Uh, he had a, uh, as we used to say, he had a short wick. Yeah. <laughs> a quick temper. <laughs> but you don't seem to have a problem with uh, uh, unforgiveness. You seem to be quite peaceful, at peace about it. Um, yes, he, he, was, he was very friendly. He, came to spend, he spent six months with me in Sydney uh, in, the, um, late, in the late 70s. And... Um, it was quite hospitable, 
and um, even attended um, the meetings that uh, I conducted. Never made any comment, but he attended them. I think what affected my self-esteem mainly was the fact that uh, no matter what I did for my father, it was wrong. Yeah. And he had a heavy hand. Yeah. And uh, something disagreed him with it. That hand covered my ear, and it would knock me to the ground sometimes. Wow. And my hearing has—I've um, still got fairly good hearing, but the uh, uh, the eardrums have been distorted from the compression of wax when I was a kid. <laughs> That's a bit of Frank's story. Everyone has a story. Let us know yours. Email us from our website, salvos.org.au forward slash radio. When I heard the way that Frank's dad raised him, I renewed my vow to raise my little boy in a way that would build him up, encourage him, and I renewed my vow to be kind, patient, and loving to my little boy no matter what. 